0: Uh, what's wrong with you?
1: Uh, it's not, I mean, it's just like it's cold. I'm cold. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm i I'm like a walking midlife crisis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, baby. You and me both. Go go go, if You know what they say. <laughs> Hi. Hi, baby. How are you? Yeah.
1: You guys, we are rolling with Joey Taranto here. How are you, honey? I'm
0: so excited. Uh, I'm so happy to be here with you. I love you so fucking much.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. (laughs) And if you want more of this nonsense, please join Joey and I on the Patreon. We call the Patreon our drama club. This is where all of you down bitches choose what we cover. We cover whatever series you want. Yeah, baby, we are here for you and we will do anything.
0: Within reason.
1: (laughs) We have a back catalog of snaps, you know, evil, evil lives here, who the bleep did I marry, and now we're doing Fry Thy Neighbor, and
0: we don't know what we're gonna do next. We're gonna go by your request, but aren't we having a blast with Fry Thy Neighbor? Oh my god, I'm having a blast, but I also need to up my therapy sessions because I'm terrified of my neighbors now. The last episode took place in Joey's backyard in Harlem. Tell them how crazy that one was. Literally, literally, in my backyard. <laughs> it's really a few blocks away from me, and that story is nuts. It is wild. You have have to hear it
1: to believe it. It's a blast. So join us there if you want to hear a little bit more secrets about
0: Joey. Uh, what secrets are we talking about here, Yellen?
1: Nothing. On to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Disappeared, season seven, episode one. Somebody's watching. Tells the story of the disappearance of Jessica Haringa.
2: It's a small town mystery that puts investigators
3: in a race against time. 24 years of being a police officer, I have never, ever encountered a case like this. The list of suspects grows rapidly.
4: It seemed like everybody knew someone that looked like that guy.
2: And secrets emerge that will change things forever.
4: He portrayed himself as a completely different person around our family.
2: Their only hope is that one tip could change the fate of Jessica Harrington.
3: If you have something, even if you're afraid, you gotta make that phone call. I don't need closure. I need my daughter home.
0: I mean, with the title of this episode, what's the first thing that comes to mind?
1: I always feel like somebody's lying. Oh, you guys, the singing is going to get so much more insufferable. Oh, honey. Feel free to unsubscribe. Now, listen, this is something that you, my love, don't know so much about. So I'm going to fill you in. I really, really try not to carry hate in my heart, except for, you know, the two people. Yes. That's for another podcast. But the way I hate this new announcer's voice. Oh. Because Christopher isn't here. I pretty much went through all the stages of grief in one sitting. Christopher! Wait, what
0: happened to Christopher? Well,
1: Christopher leaves us for a season, and I guess he comes back. Wait, who
0: replaced him?
1: Not Christopher. That's what we're calling him. We're calling him not Christopher. (laughs) Okay, noted. Christopher, we want you to live. (laughs) Christopher? Ellen? Is that you? I mean, I'm a little bit weepy, and I miss you, but... It's
0: okay, Ellen. I'll be back for season eight.
1: Okay. I'll try and go on without you. Thanks, Christopher.
0: She'll be fine. (laughs)
2: April 26, 2013 It's a cool and quiet night in the sleepy town of Norton Shores, Michigan A peaceful suburb on the eastern shore of Lake Michigan While most people lay asleep 25-year-old Jessica Herringa is finishing up her
0: night shift At a gas station on Sternberg Road here we are. It's April 26, 2013, and we're in Norton Shores, Michigan. 25 year old Jessica Haringa? Haringa? Uh, Haringa, I think. She works the late night shift at the Exxon gas station.
1: They say she works the overnight shift. And we're gonna fast forward in a minute and they're gonna tell us that the gas station closes at eleven thirty. So I guess my question is in Michigan, what does the term overnight shift mean? That's
0: very interesting because in the beginning they're like, yeah, when most people are asleep, yeah. Jessica's working. I'm I... like, oh well, it must be 3 AM. Yeah. <laughs> so no, things are done a little differently in North Shores, Michigan. Norton Shores, Michigan. Well, I'm it's I'm doing well. I'm on a roll, ladies How and gentlemen. Are, are you,
1: did you have a stroke? Medic!
0: The earlier she can get
2: out of work, the sooner she'll be able to go home and sneak a peek at the love of her life. Her three-year-old son, Zevin.
4: When she became a mom, it changed her whole world the minute she looked at Zevin. She's a working mom. She wants to
0: see her kid. And her son is so cute. Uh, Three-year-old Zevin. Now, I don't know how I feel about that name. (laughs)
1: Listen, I embraced Apple. I embrace it all. You know what I mean? But he is so precious. What a
0: nugget. And she's working really hard for her family to make ends meet.
1: Yes. And Jessica's other sister, Angel, is here. And she says she was a good, loving, present mom. She tells us she would never sit him in front of the TV, which I want to say, over these last couple years, if you sit your kids in front of a TV, I have no judgment 11, 12 hours, I'm going to say that's fine.
0: I'm going to say everybody's doing their best. Listen, who has got the time? I've got two cats, okay? (laughs) Those are my children. And you know what I do sometimes? Because even the cats can get on my nerves, is I put on a YouTube video that is six hours long that's made specifically for cats. No. Absolutely. Do you really? Yeah, and it's birds going to a pile (gasps) of bird seed, and those cats will sit there trans- fixed for six hours and watch it. And I'm like, that's my baby. I'm going to clean this house now. <laughs> Your
1: cats really need to get off screens.
2: <laughs> Jessica and her immediate family often spend long beach days together on the coast of Lake Michigan, taking in the summer sun and making some of their fondest memories.
1: Beach was a favorite. We would go early in the morning, bring lunch and dinner, and then we watch the sunset. We did a lot of that. That was fun. We just learned a little bit more about this family. Jessica and her family, they love going to the beach in Lake Michigan. They are just adorable. What? 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 But I'm just saying, can we talk about how
0: they were so specific about the immediate family? They're like, yeah, they love to spend a whole ass day at the beach with their immediate family. Because they're like, yeah, yeah, we don't invite Cousin Tito and Aunt Linda to the beach anymore. They are not welcome to the (laughs) coast of Lake Michigan. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Midwesterners don't talk about it, though. They're like, we don't talk about it. Oh, no. Oh, no. You can't sit with us. I don't know.
1: (laughs) So Jessica lives with her son, Zevin, and Zevin's father's name is Dakota, who has recently proposed to Jessica. They met while working in a restaurant four years ago.
0: Yellen Marsh, you surprised me because I can't believe that we're not going to give these listeners, this man's entire name. Go for it. Dakota Quail Dyer. I have questions about what people name their kids. I'm like, oh, your name's Dakota Quail Dyer. Great. My name is Carolina Duck Killer. Okay? Because
1: for as much sense as his name makes. And they're struggling. So Jessica works at the gas station and Dakota is
3: unemployed.
4: She paid all the bills, did all the grocery shopping, the laundry, dishes, cleaning. She did it all. And Pretty much Dakota's role was babysitter when she was at
1: work. She says Dakota was basically the babysitter. Now the shade in her voice is enough to keep the SPF on our bodies, making sure the sun doesn't hit us. But also I don't like when people call the dad a babysitter because you're not the babysitter, you're the dad. I'm not mad at you, Sister Sam. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, she makes it very clear that she she is not enthusiastic about old Dakota coil Dyer. Also, Samantha, thank you for joining us. She looks fresh off of her shift at Hot Topic where they probably have 10% off checkered suspenders and a trucker hat.
1: I mean, she's got... But Sister Samantha is for sure a down bitch. Absolutely. We're gonna learn Sister Samantha is a down bitch, but she is rocking that blue hair. It looks
0: good. It could use a little touch-up. Well, okay, I- I'm being judgy. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well,
1: listen, you guys. Joey does makeup on the side. He's done my glam for years. If you're at the Bell House, Joe we beat my face. That's right.
0: You're the, actually the only face I beat. I come out of retirement specifically for you because I love you so much.
1: He's got like spray paint with
0: a <laughs> tube of grease and a Shut prayer. Shut up. Your face is beautiful. You're actually, your face is very easy to do makeup on. You have beautiful, strong features.
4: And I, oh, that sounded like a backhanded Just, compliment.
0: <laughs>
1: you, have beautiful, you have a prominent <laughs> nose.
4: Just being a mother of three daughters, I know that you can only push so far. I would voice my opinion and then kind of Just shut up about it.
1: Mama Shelley is here to tell us she doesn't like it. She doesn't like how hard Jessica works. Neither do I.
0: Yeah. First of all, I can't imagine that you're making that much money at the gas station. Yeah. And it's long hours. And listen, Mama Shelley makes it clear. She's like, look, I didn't like it. I said my piece about yeah. it. And then I let it go because you can't push with your kids. And I respect that. Totally.
1: And we go back a little bit. And it turns out that Jessica was a really good student. School came really easy. She was in trigonometry in the 10th grade. And then not Christopher tells us that she journals about wanting to achieve more, which sends me to the realization that during some time in this episode somebody's gonna read somebody's journal and you know that makes me very uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) I've never kept a journal specifically for these reasons. But also, can we just go back a little bit because not Christopher is so shady in this clip. So shady because Samantha's like, yeah, she took trigonometry her sophomore year. And then we get to non-Christopher who's like, yes, but most of the math Jessica does lately involves counting out customers change. I'm like, was that necessary, sir? Yeah. (laughs) Who hurt you? So rude. She often journals about a
2: future in which her talents are put to better use.
4: She aspired to go to college. She wanted to be an accountant. So trying to figure out how to do that and work at the same time was hard for her to do. But I know that she wanted a better life for her in seven.
1: And now I recognize there are so many jobs in this world, and so many are important. My muggle from downstairs is an accountant. I just couldn't imagine being surrounded by numbers all day. No. And that's not a judgment. I just just have the side of the brain that doesn't math. Is that the right or the left side? Who knows? Who cares?
4: I (laughs) I
1: used to cry actual crocodile tears trying to do my homework at night, and I would say, I'm not gonna. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be on Broadway. Turns out I was right. Uh-huh. But I recognize that it's a necessity. I'm just saying that... I've never needed to know parallelograms. Baby. So, Mama Shelley and Sister Samantha have both moved recently, and poor Jessica is just a little overwhelmed not having family support there.
0: Also, she is, you know, a working mom. She's got a husband who's not helping out. She's trying to make a better life for herself, and it's not easy to do. And you know what? I think a lot about you as a single mom and the amazing things you've accomplished. I mean, I don't know how you do it. I tell you that all the time. I have no idea how you do it, but not only are you so good at it, you make it look easy. You're you really crazy. do. And so like people like this, they're trying to pull themselves yeah. up by no. their bo- their bootstraps and it's it's and, not easy. And their bootstraps. They have
1: <laughs> both of them. Those are two totally separate kind of straps. <laughs> Never mind, I take it all back. I hate you
0: yelling, March. <laughs> I love you.
2: <laughs> On that breezy April 2013 evening, one of Jessica's regular customers swings by the station. Craig Harpster works late nights at an industrial park across the street And if he needs gas, he usually comes by right before Jessica closes shop.
1: One of the regulars comes in, Craig Harpster, and he works across the street and he's here and he tells us he was paying in cash, but the gas pump wasn't on. So he goes inside to see what's up.
0: Yeah, because usually what we learn is that she's very friendly. Yeah, She knows all of her regulars by name, but when you're paying cash, you have to go inside. And so he goes in there and he's like, hello. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: nobody's there. he's
1: looking around. He even went in the back, which I was like, make yourself at home, Craig.
0: Um." (laughs) It makes me nervous.
2: Thoughts of my mind was go to another gas station, but I had a gut feeling that something was wrong. Then, something at the counter confirms Craig's intuition. Jessica's purse is still sitting next to the register, and the cash drawer is left slightly open he immediately makes a call to 911.
1: And he goes zero to do not fuck with this situation and he calls the cops. I am here. I was like, amazing. He felt weird. He trusted his gut. Remember, I always say, be that crazy bitch be that crazy bitch.
0: Absolutely. And you know what? And he went into the walk-in cooler. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm going to take this lemonade. <laughs> I'm not stealing it. Then he goes to the counter. Not only is her purse still there on the counter, but the register is open. So 911 gets called. They send a cop out there. And we know this because that's when we see the very handsome Lieutenant Michael Casher on screen. And I don't know why, but Lieutenant Casher looks like he'd be a very gentle lover. Oh! Is that wrong to say? Like, when he's taking you for a ride on the baloney pony, I feel like his idea of dirty talk is, after this, we're going to watch Golden Girls and I'm going to feed you gluten-free cookies. And I'm here for it, Lieutenant! (laughs) Lieutenant!
1: Lieutenant! (laughs) So the cops come, and they call the owner. Now, the owner can't be bothered. He was like, I'm sorry, what? What'd you say? You know what? I'm going to call the manager. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of Ozark. I'm not dealing with this right now.
2: Sue Follett, the gas station manager, points out that not only did Jessica leave without closing out her register, but wherever she went, she didn't take her purse or her car.
1: When the owner can't be bothered, dumb bitch manager Sue Follett comes running down and she's looking over everything. And she's like, OK, uh, the drawer is open. I'm definitely going to write her up for that. <laughs> and then she says, not only is her purse here, also, everybody, her car is here.
0: And why is she the one that has to point this out? Why didn't the cop who showed up be like, "Uh oh, my God, I think some things are wrong here. He, I, But also, like, no money was taken from the till. Yes,
1: they rule out robbery. And so the cops obviously immediately call her fiancé Dakota.
0: And Dakota's like, I've been home all night. Like, I'm babysitting the kid. I will get there immediately. Yeah. So they wait for old Dakota to show up, and the police continue to search the station. And that's when they come across an extremely troubling piece of evidence. There's a spot of blood smudged yeah. into the cement. And that's when Lieutenant Kasher is like, okay, that's it. I'm coming down there.
1: Yeah. And so he makes a timeline for us. So the timeline goes something like this. We know that someone bought a lighter at 1055 mm-hmm. and down bitch Craig walked in at about 1107. So we're only working with a 12 minute window. Yeah. So detective sweet lover is like, boom, let's get the camera easy. We got a 20 minutes to work with. So then this is where Lieutenant Sweet Tits takes us on a journey, an emotional journey. Tell him why. Because there
3: are no security (laughs) cameras.
0: Like, what? You you know the owner of that gas station does not give a fuck. Not a single fuck. That owner is like, I don't care who lives or dies so long as the money gets deposited yeah. into my bank account. Like, what a piece of shit. Yeah, and uh, close this gas station. Close it down.
1: <laughs> Crimes are only solved with gas station footage. How did this gas station gas station without cameras? I mean, listen, they had nothing to record over because they had, you know, because they always record over them.
2: But in what feels like a bizarre and potentially lucky coincidence, the store's manager, Sue Follett, says that she and her husband were driving home right past the gas station during those 12 minutes.
1: Manager Sue comes through with the clutch. Are we ready for this?
0: Absolutely. So she says, well, my husband and I, we were on our motorcycles. I like them already because I'm obsessed with motorcycles. And she's like, we're driving past the gas station during those 12 minutes that Jess went missing. And they notice a silver minivan drive behind the store and park where the delivery trucks come in, which is really odd and suspicious for 11 p.m. at night. Because nobody is making deliveries at 11 p.m. unless they're delivering meth or dick or both. (laughs) Yeah.
4: And I
1: don't judge. and but I'm just sitting on my couch and I was like is it a murder van (laughs) somebody tell me you know I have no patience
0: no and it's not you know usually you see those murder vans and they're like the 80s bubble top vans right that have like some weird you know not this
1: so down bitch sue and her husband you know scooch their little motorcycles closer and they pull up and the driver was like opening his trunk now when the trunk opens the light goes on and he kind of like shut it really fast right and this all took place in about a minute and down bitch sue was like i don't know a lot of things but that was a chrysler town and country <laughs> i'm telling you right now write that down it was a chrysler town and country they didn't get the license plate i'm like it's okay baby you can't be responsible for everything how crazy i that, mean, that she is- was driving by at that moment
0: that is wild also brave yeah. because they literally sat there on their bikes and stared these fuckers down.
1: Yeah. So we are in Breckenridge, honey, because they do not waste <laughs> any time. They brought the dogs and the pup lost Jessica's scent exactly where that van was.
2: Exactly. <gasps> I know. terrifying. I know. Casher know. knows that time is critical. He immediately wants to talk to the people in Jessica's life. Starting with her fiance Dakota, who has now arrived at the gas station.
1: And Dakota was like, I mean, we shared a cell phone and it was my night with the cell phone to which I'm like, can you just let her play her games while she's at work and you play <laughs> on the computer and diddle yourself or something, dude? I, I don't know. Why are you showing your cell phone? I don't know. Maybe it's a financial thing. We'll find out more later. Give your lady the phone.
0: Also, red flag. Yeah. Huge red flag. I ain't sharing a phone with anybody. I don't care what your circumstances are. You get your own phone. No,
1: the best thing is that I experience this with Joey all the time. But if you ever have a gay man's phone and they show you something, like if Joey's like, look at this picture, don't swipe. (laughs) And it is. It's one sentence. It's here. Look at this picture. Don't swipe either way.
0: (laughs) Honey, my phone is filled with drag queens and naked men.
1: Listen, I learned my lesson. (laughs) I never, and I don't breathe hard. I don't want to move anything. You don't want to know. Honestly, in my defense,
0: your nudes are on my phone as well. (laughs) My nudes are on your phone?
1: No, it's not, Mom! (laughs) So, Joey and two of our best friends have this chat, and we always say that if our phones were ever found... We would have to move. Our to careers would be We ruined. would have to go to the moon. Yes. We would be done. Our careers is, would be
0: ruined. It's uh, just the
1: bitchiest. Our chat's called...
0: The book cunts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the book club, the book cunts. Anyway, and awesome. everyone is so bored of seeing my ass because if I don't know what to say, I just send a picture of my butt. You're welcome.
2: The next morning, 90 miles from the gas station, Jessica Herringa's mother, Shelley has three missed calls on her cell phone from the night before. Her daughter's fiance, Dakota has been trying to reach
4: her. I heard my phone ring in at seven thirty in the morning. I've been seeing it was Jessie's phone. And I was actually excited because I thought she was coming out for the day. And then Dakota told me that my daughter was missing.
1: And of course, Mama Kelly is like, you know, on the ceiling, like she is worried.
0: She is scared. And then she's like, fuck this. I'm going to Norton Shores. <laughs> yeah. and, and with the help of her oldest daughter, she sets up a makeshift headquarters. And let me tell you something. Her mom is a down bitch. Yeah. They were like, I'm not waiting for cops. I, there's so much I can do here. Yeah, So they set up the, a makeshift headquarters in the parking lot across from the gas station. And I mean, I love this. You and I would do this. Yeah, this is something we would a hundred percent do. And they're like, I'm getting in there. I'm asking questions. Jessica's grandmother shows up and is like, "Bitches, we need flyers." Yeah, and I got Photoshop. Let's go. Yeah. Mima Diane is here to tell you she is savvy on
1: the computer. Honey, Mima <laughs> Diane made those flyers. You go, you graphic designing batch. <laughs> Ooh, Mima.
4: <laughs> when people started finding out. They started flooding the strip mall. It was almost like a mob down there. It it was crazy. My family and I believe she's still in the area. And don't ask us why, but it's just a gut feeling. We thought that we would have her back within days. Do the right thing now and let her go. Let her come home to her family. She has a three-year-old child.
0: Obviously, Jessica was loved. I know I say heartbreak a lot because really to show... Every episode I watch, my heart breaks for people, but like... Wait, Joey called me the other day and he's (laughs) like, hey... Uh, disappears a little sad sometimes.
1: (laughs) I was like, I know, honey, it's our job to pep it up a little bit. Oh my gosh, but like
0: Mama Shelley's on the local news and she's like, look, I just want my daughter back. She's got a three-year-old son, like, what will it take? And she's just crying. It killed me. It killed me. I know, the parent pleas
1: are always heartbreaking. So it's been three days. It's Monday morning and the Michigan State Police get the blood sample and they test it for DNA and I'm like, yeah, we'll see that in 10 or 11 months, (sighs) I'm sure. I don't know maybe we could be surprised. And Sue, the down bitch manager—you know, the manager who had to come down because the owner was in the middle of a Breaking Bad marathon—yeah, that guy. So this poor woman tries to help make this composite sketch. Now remember, it's a moving
0: van. It was dark out. This man's eyes are so close together. <laughs> Whatever cards life has dealt him. Have you ever seen the movie Mask with Cher? <gasps> no what this man looks like. Eric Stoltz and some weird prosthetic head. See, I think it looks like a cross
1: between Heidi Montag and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I will kill you. You will be on the next episode of Disappeared because I will kill you. <laughs> just, I was
0: just staring
1: at it. I mean, listen, I am not blaming the artist. I can barely draw a flower. I have the art skills of a hyperactive third grader, but it just is so
0: disturbing. <laughs> that's so I. <disturbing. laughs> <laughs> Heidi Montag is a name I haven't heard in a while, so thank you. I really <laughs> But look at it! Look at it through those eyes! It tracks! You literally have okay, you made me cry.
2: <laughs> the composite is released to the public, and the police department is flooded with phone calls.
4: It seemed like everybody knew someone that looked like that guy.
2: Detective Casher organizes a task force made up of local and state police as well as some FBI agents.
1: And so they get hundreds of calls, and Sister Samantha was like, everyone seemed to know that guy. I was like, yeah, it's a vague picture of a creepy white dude.
0: (laughs) Probably drives a Camaro. (laughs) So they get thousands of tips, like thousands of tips. That's overwhelming. At this point, they've got local police, state police, and the FBI, and they've created a task force, and they were like, there was a lot to go through. I
1: know. And Detective Sweet Touch is like, he's showing us. What did you just say? sweet touch <laughs> he's, he's a gentle lover I'm sorry, go ahead. and so he's showing us all these boxes of papers and he's like these are all the tips we have social media messages we have facebook messages he's like oh, i love this meme chloe in the car seat that's just this is a funny
3: one this is a like, charlie bit my finger
2: the task force takes to the street where sue follett last saw the vehicle
3: our detectives found a couple of different places where the businesses did have video and we were able to view it.
1: They start looking into the minivan and they also start looking at video surveillance in the surrounding areas because, remember, you know, that owner who was, you know, too busy waxing his car didn't have fucking cameras.
0: Let me just say that Norton Shores, Michigan, they have a problem with cameras. Yeah. They're broken. We need a meeting. I would like a town meeting in Norton Shores. Okay? (laughs) Because nobody's camera works and the ones that do work are pointed in the wrong direction. Yeah.
1: The camera wasn't working at the gas station. The movie theater was pointed. The only working thing we have is the coin shop.
0: Baby, those cameras are on! They're (laughs) on! So they check the footage and around 11.05, 11.06, there, sure enough, is a silver minivan driving along the road. They're going northbound, which I'm not a compass. Everybody (laughs) knows. I never understand it. I don't either. Eastbound, okay. Okay, were they going to Canada? I don't know. I don't know. But also, they say it's chilling because obviously she could be in that van. Oh, and
1: we can't see the license plate, it should be said. And then not Christopher says, will this verify? Sue's story. And I was like, wait, did we think she was
0: lying? I don't think we need to verify Sue's story. Let's figure this shit out. Yeah, Sue's giving you the best. I mean, Sue's been the the, the most helpful to you. Shut up, Matt, Christopher. (laughs) So they get in touch with
1: Chrysler and Chrysler's
0: like, Ari, we got good news and we got bad news. Which do you want first? (laughs) Yeah, they're like, uh, so definitely a Chrysler town and country. You were right.
1: Good on you. Can someone get Sue a t-shirt? Yeah. We are going to get
0: you a Chrysler t-shirt. Yeah, baby, okay. Okay, okay. so here's the bad news. Uh, About 15,000 of these fuckers are running around Michigan, and uh, that doesn't include the ones in the surrounding states. So good luck. They're like,
1: you know, they could have also been from Ohio, Wisconsin, Indiana. So like, (laughs) but where do you want us to send the T-shirt? Put (laughs) jumpsuit? It's at this time Mama Shelley has this idea to check her journal, and I'm not mad at you, Mama Shelley. I just get anxiety when people are looking through other
0: people's deep, Secrets. You and me both again, I never journaled. You remember when online journaling was like a huge thing in the like late nineties, early two thousands? Yeah. I was never part of that because <laughs> I'm not trying to let anybody get a peek into the inner workings of my mind, if yeah. you know what I'm saying. No, Thank you. No, 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 no. Thank so you. she calls up Dakota and she's like, Hey dipshit <laughs> You should turn over Jess's journals to the cops and he's all like, Uh yeah, that's uh that's a good idea. Let me uh let me do that. Yeah. Does he do it? Put A pin in that. We'll find out in a bit.
1: And in a shocking (laughs) turn of events, it is May 8th, 12 days later, and the DNA for the blood comes back. Good job, Michigan. (laughs) Someone send Michigan a DB t shirt.
2: (laughs) Look at that. The spot of blood behind the gas station belongs to Jessica. With no strong leads on the minivan or the composite, Cashier talks to several of Jessica's friends who explain that during her shifts at the gas station, Jessica would often hold court.
1: Sadly, the blood did belong to Jessica, but Detective I Don't Finish Till You Finish doesn't give up, <laughs> and he... Asks around to a bunch of friends, and they all say that a lot of people actually used to swing by the gas station to hang out with Jessica, smoke cigarettes, chat, which I get. You know, you get lonely. Like, remember when you were, you know, had jobs in high school and you're like, come swing by, come say hi.
0: Absolutely. She was holding court at the gas station, to which I say, good for you. But she was like, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be at least make it fun for myself. And that's what she did. Her friends came and hung out, and she probably loved getting away from her fiance and having. Having the space, like her manager wasn't there. She had freedom and she's like, I'm living my best life.
1: You got to take your happiness where you can. I am telling you, when Joey and I were in Kinky Boots together, I will never forget telling my roommate at the time, Caroline, Yeah, I remember telling her, when I come to work, that's my break. Absolutely. Because Lola at the time was like a toddler. And I was like, this is this is my fun. Yes, I'm working. Yes, we're tired. Yes, we're on the clock. But I get to see all my friends and hang out. And that was the time. That was my happiest part of my day. I mean, not that, you know, not that I didn't love having Lola, but toddlers are fucking exhausting.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, it's like a second family. Yeah. You spend more time with them than you do with your actual family. Right. So it's at this point that we meet Jess Ammerman.
2: Investigators learn that although he's married, 37-year-old Jess Ammerman has been visiting Jessica at the gas station frequently and has apparently grown quite fond of her.
0: We find out that some of her friends that came to visit her were men who had a crush on her. One of them was Jess Ammerman, who was a plumbing contractor and apparently he hung out according to Sue the down bitch manager he had a crush on her it was very clear and he hung around a lot
1: right he was 37 and married and Sue kind of thought that maybe Jessica liked him too I was like okay Sue so Detective Massage Me First questioned (laughs) Jess and he was indeed there the night that she went missing around 9 o'clock
0: yeah so while Detective Casher Sugar Tits is quite (laughs) Jess, he admits, like, yes, I confessed my true feelings for her. Yeah. That night.
1: A little bit more than that. Jess says that he said that night he loved her. He was going to divorce his wife. And he wanted her to move in. Okay, pin in that. Also, <laughs> we zoom in on Jess, reenactment actor, and he's wearing a puka shell necklace. A oh, puka shell necklace. How did I miss that? Yeah, now for the for the children, for the children that listen to the episode, <laughs> they were like popular in like, you know, the late 90s, early aughts. But now, you know, they went from super cool to super uncool, and now they're ironically cool again. They are. Ask
0: the kids. Along with men wearing really tight. Tight, like, pearl chokers.
1: Yeah, it's 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 all very weird, but the puka shell necklace, like, ID was like, I don't know, throw a puka shell necklace on him.
0: <laughs> Is yeah. the buckle still open? Is there a gadzooks that's still open
4: somewhere? Yeah,
1: somewhere, somewhere grab, grab it. Just for, <laughs> it's like the high costume designer.
3: His plan was that he was going to divorce his wife and then, you know, be with Jessica. That's when he tells the detective Jessica got cold feet. It was more of a, a not a, an argument, but more of an emotional discussion.
1: Jess also tells us that Jessica when he laid all this out, got cold feet and stepped back. So, it seemed like they had a heated discussion. Now, what he said was they just smoked cigarettes and kissed a little, so that kind of felt like an emotional affair.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Who knows? I mean, the family is all like, uh, who the fuck is Jess Emmerman? Yeah. We don't know her and we, we're Mariah Carey. We don't know her. Yeah. And we don't believe him. They
1: think he's telling tall tales. I'm just saying, emotional affairs are slippery slopes. You know, they start like innocent with a friendship and then you kind of invest your time and emotions. That shit gets heated real fast for another podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Sister Samantha is like, look, my sister was really fucking nice. And this dude obviously got the wrong idea and concocted this love story when in actuality, she probably just sold him cigarettes.
1: Or she liked the attention. Absolutely. And that's okay, too. We've all done it.
0: And truthfully, it might be somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, the night she went missing, you had a heated discussion. She kind of turned you down. Yeah. And and so, you know, Detective Lube is like, (laughs) we need to check more into this guy.
0: Yeah, I think that having emotional ties to Jessica makes you a big suspect, my friend. I hate to tell you. Casher questions him about the rest
3: of that night. He drove around and he went to a local area and just sat in his van in the parking lot.
0: He sat in a parking lot in his van chatting with his wife for an hour, and there's security footage of that too. Yeah, and, yeah. and <laughs> that and, 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 camera was working.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got one sit down, Michigan. <laughs> but our DNA is so fast. Michigan, I'm not I'm not going to talk to you again, Michigan.
0: Who sits in their car and talks on the phone for an hour? Is that a thing? I feel like I've done that. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I don't have a car. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he's telling the truth about that. Yeah. That all checks out. The phone records check out. It all checks out. So maybe they were talking about Jessica. So then you know, Detective Kenny G was like, let's talk to the wife. And I felt like he thought this was going to be a super gotcha moment. Oh, yeah. And it was.
0: It was not. She was like, not only do I know about it, I don't give a fuck about it. Yeah.
1: The (laughs) wife... Did not care.
0: And then Detective
1: Rub Me Down was like, I have a tough time buying that. Now listen, Detective <laughs> Rub Me Down, who's a sweet lover, everyone has their own relationships. Yeah. Nobody knows what happens behind closed doors. There's a spectrum of relationships out there. There's people who are ethically non-monogamous, sure. polyamorous. Yeah. I
0: don't know. But his suspicion, I was like, I mean, that could happen. People do that. Absolutely. Listen, he was surprised. I don't blame Detective tickle my Yeah. He was like, you know, listen, the wife was like, go get my smokes. Yeah. I don't care what you, who you're diddling. Go get my smokes and make sure the cable's paid. Because if I don't get to watch Real Housewives, then we got a problem.
1: Yeah. So we learned that they gave Jess a polygraph test. We see it in the news footage, and they're like, we're not releasing the results. I was like, then why tell us? Yeah, why? So Detective Play With My Nipples was like, (laughs) he now learns of another man that was into Jessica. Now listen to this full circle moment.
2: Before Jess Ammerman was even a part of Jessica's life, Kasher learns there was another man pursuing her. One that's strangely connected to the night of the crime. Rob Follett is the brother of one of the only eyewitnesses.
0: Honey, we meet Rob Follett. Or Follett. We'll go with Follett. Rob Follett. Who's the brother of either Sue, the down bitch manager, or the husband. Mm. And apparently a month before she disappeared, he had also been hanging out with her. And he also confessed, you know, listen, I want to be with you. Because she had said, look, things have reached a boiling point with my fiance. It's not going well. And he was like, you know what? Leave him and come move in with me.
1: Which... Or does that seem like a lot of invitations of cohabitation? Does she have beer-flavored nipples? Like, but (laughs) I'm lucky if I can stand someone to date three, okay? (laughs) And this woman is getting invitations to reside with men? Is all very confusing. I'm not mad at Jessica. I'm just, no, I'm, not at also, all. Also, these, uh, these men might have some kind of, like, savior complex because she's, like, you know, young and confused. Like, who knows?
0: Also, like, men hanging out at an Exxon at 11pm, sir, I'm not trying to move in with you. <laughs> Maybe she was just really good at her job and, like, who, I don't know. So, he says he was on his way to a fishing trip, but
1: he had swung by the gas station at about 9pm and Detective Love Me Long Time was like, okay, <laughs> you're a person of interest, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, He was like, by the time she disappeared, it had been a month and I was over the rejection. To which I say, are you sure, Rob? (laughs) Are you sure you were? Better help is here. (laughs) So now Casher has a second person of interest. However, using cell phone data, they can confirm that Rob was nowhere near the gas station at the time of her disappearance. You know, he was going on that fishing trip and he was not there. So his story does, however, steer the detective in another direction.
1: And so Detective Emigo Caress Me Down was like, wait, if she's kind of having all of these flirtatious or emotional relationships, what's going on at home? Yeah. So he kind of turns his attention back to, you know, Dakota flower angel dust.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. Please. Welcome to the stage. Dakota flower angel dust. Yeah, so Detective, huh, is like, he was extremely helpful, okay? Like, yep. I went and questioned mm-hmm. him, and the fiancé was eager to help. He was open and honest. But after hearing about their difficulties, we still have to keep looking into him.
3: Yeah.
1: So now we see this news footage of Dakota and Zevin, and Zevin has this little voice. At somewhere. She's but, somewhere.
3: What did you say? Your mom is at somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes, are looking
1: find her. He says, we can't find her. Now, I deeply care about this family and this woman and this little boy, but the only thing I care about in this news footage is Dakota changing that fucking battery to the (laughs) smoke alarm because it is chirping in the background and I want to light myself on fire, which would be very Shakespearean considering it is the object that is meant to warn from (laughs) fires. Who was the team of interviewers that was like, that went all the way through that interview? Like, can someone get a double A battery? <laughs> like, they just put up with it. They were like, it's fine. The ch- No, that chirping spiked my anxiety.
0: So at this point, detective, kiss me until I don't cry anymore. Uh, <laughs> they cry a lot. Goes to the family, is like, all right, spill the tea. What's the deal? Yeah
1: at this point is like, I mean, they love him. He's very close to Mama Shelley, and I get it, because I can understand just because people are having trouble in their relationship, or trouble at home, or struggling financially doesn't make someone a murderer.
0: Absolutely.
2: But then, seven months after Jessica's disappearance, an offhand comment from her mother triggers a deeper look at Dakota.
1: One day Mama Shelley as detective, hold me a little after, but not too close. <laughs> Said, hey, uh, did you ever uh, did you ever find anything about Dakota in those journals? So he has no idea what she's talking about. And Mama Shelley was like, the journals that Dakota was
0: supposed to give you. Uh, and yeah. the
1: detective was like, uh,
0: no ma'am. And Mama Shelley is pissed. Yeah. So now detective, will you still love me tomorrow? asked Dakota for the journals. And he's somewhat reluctant, which does not look good yeah. for him. It does not look good for him. And Kasher finally gets the journal and realized quickly that there was a reason he didn't want to hand those over. we
1: see them. But you guys, I get so uncomfortable with the journals. We see them. My eyes went right to, does he really love me? Did you see that when you you read the journals? Yeah.
0: Wait, mine went to, we never have sex. I never
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it basically says that he doesn't do anything. He doesn't really give Zevin a lot of attention. We also see things like, this is a quote, Dakota. Unemployed messy, boring. I've been having a hard time attracting myself to him. No flames, no spark, not even a puff of smoke.
0: What? How did I miss that? I was like, girl, I get it. I mean, I don't understand why he seems like a real fucking catch. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, and then we find out that the real reason they only shared a cell phone was not because they were being frugal. Mm -hmm. Because he was spying on her. He was controlling her. She couldn't even go on Facebook.
1: Now that he gets a little Jekyll and Hyde, he was like checking her call Logs, and in one entry, it says that he got physical. Now, sometimes people think of physical as like a hit or a punch. Physical can mean shoving grabbing holding intimidating you know it, it if she said he was physical he was physical but like maybe he was like I grabbed your arm I'm like babe that's physical that's physical that's enough.
0: you it, don't put your hands on anybody yeah. especially when you're upset yeah that's when it's your job to be emotionally mature and walk away from the situation you put your hands on me one of us is going to the boneyards and I promise you it won't be me this is a saying you will hear me say a <laughs> lot <laughs> but you ain't gonna touch me and get away with it
1: detective makes me eggs in the morning can put his hands on me. <laughs> Please. So, Mama Shelley at this point, was like, I had no idea any yeah. of this was going on.
0: Yeah, he's looking less and less like a distressed father slash husband-to-be, and more and more like an asshole. But I
1: mean, listen, we learned that the phone pings corroborate he was definitely at home that night. That doesn't completely put him out. And this is where we learned that Detective Yeah, You Like That was... <laughs> He was like, my leads all kind of started to fizzle. And listen, they did work hard. These are some good guys. We've had some numbskulls. We've had some numpties. This is not one of them.
0: Yeah, no, he's working very, very hard. He could
1: work harder on me.
0: Wow. (gasps) Am I Patrick? Wow! Who am I? Have I taken Patrick's spot of being, like, like lecherous? I love it. I support it. Keep going. <laughs> but Detective Kristen Cole from nearby Kalamazoo, Michigan, she's like, I have a case that could connect to Jessica. So basically,
1: she tells us the story of a woman who was walking to her boyfriend's and a man came up behind her, dragged her into a car. He terrifying. Av- literally my worst nightmare. And abducted her, sexually assaulted her many times. He told her he was going to kill her and then let her go. Thank goodness. That walking piece of actual human shit is Brad Allen Mason. Now, Brad Allen Mason was previously in prison for rape and abduction in 2004, which I'm like, uh, what is he, why is he still there?
0: Uh, I mean, Brad Allen Mason can choke.
1: Yeah. And indecent exposure in 2011, which gross. I don't want to see your ding dong anywhere gross.
0: Indecent exposure. I know. So the police show up at his house to try to question him. And he's like, not today. And he strolls out of his house, waving a fake gun, so this dude was definitely like I'm not going back to prison, I would rather die. Yeah. And that's what happened. They shoot him down and he he's gunned down in his front yard and Detective Cole kept his case open because of his violent history with women and the two victims in Kalamazoo were also young, petite blonde women who wore glasses just like Jessica.
1: Now, at first I thought it was kind of a stretch because I was like, I mean, this seems like, you know, they're both small women, okay. And she was like, they wore glasses. I was like, okay. And then I Googled it. It's about an hour and 20 minutes. I was like, that's still feels like a stretch and then she tells us that after he was released from prison he spent time in a halfway house that was just a couple miles from the gas station that Jessica worked at and I was like oh wait hold up now what? Yeah my ears
0: really perked up with that information and so they get a warrant to search his home and there is zero evidence connecting him to any victims including Jessica so Brad Mason dies with a question mark Yeah, we don't know and
1: he's gone so his family by this time has now read the journals and they know no, Dakota is not who they thought he was. Right. And these down bitches fight for custody of Zevin.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine their shock realizing this dude isn't who they thought he was. And they're like, we got to protect the kid. And you know what? Sister Samantha, hot topic special, is like, I'm going to get custody of this kid. And she does. And she moves back to Norton Shores yeah. to raise him. You know what, Samantha?
1: Yeah. Samantha, you get a full scholarship to DBU. Absolutely. Okay? Slide into my DMs. And we see oh my God. We see another news footage of little Zevin and he says, My mom won't recognize me. I've gotten so big. Because oh, yeah, no. I know I, I can't be please, I cry on this podcast plenty. Just edit it
0: out. <laughs>
1: but he just can't wrap his head around how do you wrap your head around never coming home?
0: Honey, you know it's the it's the worst. I mean, is-
1: you know, my dad did it to us, but that's different. Jesus fucking Christ another podcast <laughs> so can I get a cab <laughs> so after all this back and forth detective do you want me to grab a toy goes <laughs> he believes that Dakota and Rob remember Sue's brother or whatever aren't involved and he says that Jess Ammerman and his now ex-wife and I was like ah uh, skipped over a story there sit down for a cup of Joe, detective what happened I had
0: telling you he missed a cable bill
1: yeah <laughs> They refused to speak to the
0: police any further. I
3: don't blame them.
0: Yeah, I would be like, look, I took the test. I don't know what else you want from me. I'm done. Good luck with your project. So
3: we're hoping after two and a half years, maybe they heard something and didn't want to tell us. I, I don't know. We're just kind of hoping up for a lot of different things. So a lot of them came in. Um, we did re-interview, talk to them.
1: So it's two and a half years after Jessica was gone missing, and Detective Kasher, he is just such a good guy, and he we closed with him telling us how much this story haunts him and that, you know, he passes by the gas station all the time wondering what happened, and I have done enough of these episodes to know this guy really really cares. He really
0: does, and you know what? I would like to console you doctor, can I play with your nipples? (laughs) Uh, You can come to my house, I will hold you in the night. We can each take edible because it's <laughs> legal here in New York City and we'll watch some Golden Girls. You tell me what you want, Dr. doctor? I just called him doctor. A doctor. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, the episode ends there. However, there are several updates for the case. Wait, there are? Yeah. You know I I sit on my Google machine, and I just can't stop. Tell me everything. So, here we go. In April 2016, authorities had a break when a 16-year-old girl was walking home from a party. The girl said a man in a silver van asked her if she needed a ride. Now, I'm not victim-blaming. This is a teaching moment. Please don't get in cars with strangers. I love you all. Yeah. So she got into the van and used his phone, and the man allegedly began to drive away and pulled a gun on her. Now, this quick-ass-down bitch jumped out of the moving van and called the police to report the attack. The police pulled video surveillance. Thank you, Michigan. Someone's got a camera rolling. And they identified Jeffrey Willis's van. Now, they searched... Oh, guys, hold on to your butts. They searched his home and found evidence that tied Willis to the alleged attempted kidnapping as well as the murders of Jessica Hariga... And a young woman by the name of Rebecca Bletch, who was shot in the head while jogging in 2014. What? Just just wait. At Willis's trial for Jessica's murder, detectives testified that they found a folder in Willis's laptop that was labeled VIX V I C S. The folder included every incriminating piece of information that led to both of those murders. Not only that. Willis pled not guilty, which you can literally choke on your own tongue. Truly. And his defense attorney, who can quit his subscription to live right now, suggested <laughs> that the van behind the gas station actually belonged to someone buying drugs from Jessica. Fuck off. You're defending a fucking murderer. What a piece anyway, of shit. They found child pornography. He had torture pictures. Women bound and gagged. chains, ropes. It was awful. So on November 2nd, 2017, after an hour and a half of deliberation, to which I say what took you so long, Willis was found guilty of the 2014 murder of Rebecca Bletch, which he got life in prison, no parole, and also the murder of Jessica Haranga. So fuck off. You don't get any more of my breath. And on top of that, I looked at this fucking tonsil stones mugshot. <laughs> Turns out the composite picture wasn't half bad. Really? Yeah. He's a scary motherfucker. Wait a minute, though. Like, did he know her? Do we know that info? Like, no, it was a total random attack, as were the other one. He is a sick fuck. We're not talking anymore about him. Say something funny.
0: Detective slab on your knob if you're out there. I'm here for you. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> Love <laughs> on your knob <laughs> Bow 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 Bow, 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 bow.
3: bow. bow.
1: I miss you, Christopher. Join us on the Patreon. We call it the Drama Club. That is where we really let our hair down and we tell our secrets. That is actually true. Joey is about to jump into the Drama Club. You got secrets to tell?
0: Oh, baby, I can't wait. I got lots of secrets. You
1: can get our episodes ad-free, plus bonus episodes, plus all of our fun extra content. Join us on the Facebook group. What's the Facebook group called, Joey? It's called Obsessed with Disappeared Facebook Group. No! It's called the Obsessive Disappeared Podcast Discussion Group. It's where all of our dumb bitches hang out. We talk about crime. We love on each other. People are hanging out in their towns. Follow us on Instagram at The Disappeared Pod. I think we're on Twitter.
0: Who knows? Yeah, I can't wait to get in there and hang out with all of you and get to know you. Yes, and you can find
1: me on Instagram at Ellen Marsh. You can find me on the To talk <laughs> at Ellen Marie Marsh, we're going to be starting a TikTok soon. Yeah, baby! Look out for that. Where can they find you on socials? You can find
0: me on Instagram at it's Joey Toronto. I promise I'll keep you entertained. Oh, all right. We love you guys. Love you so much. Bye. Bye.
1: And the detective was like, "The what now? Come on, my what?" Yeah. <laughs> and she and and he. <laughs> and Jennifer was like,
0: "I." Who's <laughs> <laughs> <It was> Jennifer? <laughs> <laughs> We're now in episode uh, four season Chet two. <laughs> Help us. Who can say where the road goes? <laughs> I don't know, Anya
1: makes me feel better. So they start, they have all these tips. They start looking into the midi the midi then. So <laughs> nope, do it again. <laughs> wow.
0: So at um okay. Do it again. So <laughs> things are done a little bit different. Not for <laughs> 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 And maybe there's some of my nudes on the Patreon. My nudes? My nudes. My nudes leak.
1: I had so many people ask me who that was. I was like, y'all, I can keep a
0: secret. It's I not tell me. a lot.
1: It's not Joey, okay? My nudes are on my
0: Instagram. <laughs> you want to see my butt? It's there. And wait, there's one of my butt and you're in the picture. Oh, two. yeah. There's two.
1: That's right. I only make appearances on Joey's Instagram with his butt. There you go.